Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, it is me, Elizabeth Benton, and I am so glad that you are joining me today because I am going to be addressing something that I hear about quite often. I'm going to be talking about 10 modifications, 10 tweaks that you can make to accelerate your fat loss. Because something I hear very, very often is, Elizabeth, I'm doing everything right and nothing is happening. And I get it. I have said those words myself many, many, many times. So I understand the frustration behind them. I really do. I promise I do. So I hope that you will hear this, what I'm about to say, with the intention or the spirit that I intend for it, okay? If nothing is happening, you're not doing everything right. Now, maybe you're eating healthy and that's fantastic, but it doesn't matter. doesn't necessarily have anything to do with fat loss for your body. Or maybe you're eating in a way that would have triggered fat loss for you in the past or maybe did trigger fat loss for you in the past. That's great, but it doesn't matter. I really want to encourage you to change your perspective. I want you to change your perspective from oh, I'm so frustrated, I'm doing everything right and nothing is working. I want you to change it from that to, hmm, something needs to change so that I can get into fat burning mode. What is one thing that I could adjust? What screws us up most, honestly, is the picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. Whatever's in your head about what's right doesn't mean that's what is really right for your body right now, all right? So I am going to share with you 10 of the most common modifications that people will see success with when they want to accelerate or jumpstart their fat loss. Now, if you're getting results and you're feeling amazing, awesome. Don't change a thing. Or if you know you're not doing the work, don't worry about these 10 modifications. Just focus on building your mental muscle of self-discipline so that you can start doing the work, all right? So if you're doing the work and seeing results, you don't need this episode. And if you're not doing the work, then you don't need this episode. You need to go do the work and listen to episodes on, you know, the consistency and motivation side of things. But if you fall into that camp of feeling like you're doing everything right and your body isn't responding, then these modifications are for you. With that said, please, 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 Don't do everything at once. I know you. You're going to try and switch up three or four things. You're going to take on more of these. Please do not do that. That will backfire in many ways. First of all, it's inefficient because you won't know what made the difference. 
right? If you take on three or four of these changes at once and you start seeing results, you don't know what made the difference and that is information that you need. You're probably doing more than you need to and I'm a huge advocate of the minimum effective dose because the next time your body stops responding and it'll happen, you want to know what made the difference and what didn't make the difference, okay? The other problem with doing more than one of these strategies at once is that you're probably biting off more than you can chew, so you get into this dieting approach of restricting too much or implementing short-term strategies that you can't sustain, right? It's just unnecessary. Please, please, if you want to adjust something, pick one thing and then monitor your body's response for 10 to 14 days. I want you monitoring what you eat, how much and when, how it makes you feel in terms of your hunger, your mood, your cravings, your energy, and I want you to monitor what's happening with your body, like your waist and hip circumference. I'm not talking about scale weight. I want to see fat loss here. How your clothes fit and your waist and your hip circumference, okay? So let's dive into these 10 modifications, and I want you reminding yourself the whole way through, I'm only going to pick one. I'm only going to pick one, and if you fall into that camp of I'm just not doing the work, don't pick any of these. Just go do the work, and if you're getting results, you know, stick with what you got. It's working for you. All right. Number one is eat less frequently, right? I've shared this before, but I get a lot of emails and questions from listeners and from my clients to the tune of what's the best thing I can eat when I'm a craving hits or when I'm bored or when I'm watching TV or for an after dinner snack. And my response is always, well, are you hungry? Right? Because honestly, there's nothing that's a good choice when you're not hungry and your body doesn't need food. And part of that is the obvious part of you don't need to give your body fuel when it doesn't need fuel because that doesn't support fat loss. But the bigger issue, hear me on this, the bigger issue is that that approach of like, hmm, what's something I can eat when I'm bored or what's something I can eat when I have a craving for chocolate? That trains you to let your cravings be in control. When you take that approach, you basically say, well, if I have the urge to eat, hungry or not, I have to indulge it. So what's the best choice I can make? How about I'm in control of whether or not I eat? How about I'm retraining my brain? I don't need to eat at 9 p.m. because I'm bored. I don't, I don't go grab a distraction snack at 3 p.m. because I'm bored. I don't need to have something sweet because I am craving it. So I want you to think about this first strategy of eating less frequently partially through the lens of, I just don't need to give my body fuel when it doesn't need fuel. But the bigger thing is, what am I training? Am I training myself to be controlled by my cravings and my urges? Or am I training myself to take control? To take control and I decide when I eat. I don't have to eat because a craving hits because ultimately that is not a long-term success strategy. So looking at your tracking document, and I sure hope you have one by now, looking at your tracking document and saying, where am I eating when I'm not hungry? Where am I just snacking because there's an opportunity or because I'm bored or because it's a habit? And dial back those things. I'm not saying fast, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I've episode 37 is on intermittent fasting and overfeeding. 
and I will link to that in the show notes, but I'm not necessarily advocating that you endure intense hunger. What I'm talking about is the times that we eat, especially those times we make a healthy choice in response to a craving or boredom or distraction or emotion when we're not hungry to begin with. The second modification that you can make to accelerate fat loss, and again, I only want you picking one of these, is to eat fewer sweet things. Now, if you feel like you're doing everything right, chances are I'm not talking about candy bars and ice cream and cupcakes. Where this becomes tricky for people who feel like I'm doing everything right and I'm not seeing results or I'm not seeing the kind of results I want, this often falls into the category of sweet things that they consider healthy, right? What I want you to do is take an inventory looking at your tracking document. And again, if you don't have one right now, I totally don't understand why. Over the last two weeks, I want you to highlight everything that passes your lips that would fall into the category of this tastes sweet. Now, that might be a protein bar or a protein shake. It might be sugar-free candy or protein ice cream, granola, trail mix, dark chocolate, diet drinks, or sweet kombuchas, homemade treats like a paleo brownie. And I say, say to people all the time, a paleo brownie is still a brownie. Um, but highlight how many times these sweet things pop up and then dial back from your baseline. So if we're looking at your document, we've highlighted 10 sweet things. And again, this can be everything from a diet drink to a handful of granola to, I don't know. I mean, when I shared the other night that I put uh, walnuts in the microwave with some stevia and cinnamon and coconut oil, that would be a sweet thing. Honestly, I want you to look at it and say, what falls into the category of this is sweet and then establish your baseline. If that's 10 over the last 14 days, then set a goal to go to seven over the, over the next 14 days, right? Decide to dial back the presence of things that taste sweet in your diet. Now, there are a couple reasons for this. Number one, they are more than likely triggering an insulin response, which blunts fat burning, right? So if we have sweet things that increase our blood sugar, even in a small way, even if it's from a whole food source, then that is going to create an insulin response, which blunts our fat burning potential. The other thing, because you might be thinking, well, what if there's no sugar in it? Well, it does, like with the case of granola, you might have granola that doesn't have added sugar, but because there are carbohydrates in it, carbohydrates break down into sugar. The building blocks of all carbohydrates except for fiber is sugar. So you might be misunderstanding what sugar is, okay? But the other thing, even if it has stevia or non-nutritive sweeteners that you think, well, that's not going to raise my blood sugar. No, but it's going to make you want more sweet things, right? The more sweet we eat, the more sweet we want. And the great thing about our taste buds is that they're changeable and they change pretty quickly. So when we reduce the frequency that we eat sweet things, then we want fewer sweet things and we experience fewer cravings. So this one change goes a long way towards eliminating cravings, but it also creates a more favorable environment for fat burning by helping manage insulin. 
The third tweak that you can consider to accelerate fat loss is to increase your consumption of non-starchy vegetables. Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, um, spinach, uh, leafy greens of any kind, celery, cucumbers. Now, I want you to understand why this makes a difference and why this is a fantastic change for several reasons. Increasing your non-starchy vegetables will help to suppress hunger. It does this by inhibiting the hunger hormone ghrelin. When ghrelin is suppressed, you keep hunger at bay for longer. That's why when I shared my favorite uh, fat loss breakfast, which I need to link to over in the show notes, I wrote a blog about it. Everyone was emailing and commenting on, on, Inst- on social media. Oh my God, I made this and it kept me full forever. Yes, thank you, cabbage. It will do that every single time because of the way that these vegetables, uh, especially the ones that are higher in fiber, suppress that hunger hormone, ghrelin. Now there's another effect here, and this one comes when you focus on the non-starchy vegetables that are in the category of cruciferous vegetables, cruciferous vegetables. And I've written a couple of, oh, sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, I've written a couple of blog posts about cruciferous vegetables, but those are things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and cauliflower. Now these are powerful detoxifiers. What in the world does detoxification have to do with fat loss? Well, a bunch of things. First, the toxins in our body are often stored in our body fat. And the more toxins we have in our fat tissue, the more difficult fat burning is because, think about it like your fat tissue is anchored in place because of the toxins. Not literally anchored, but the presence of the toxins makes the fat tissue resistant to releasing the stored fat. It's like clogged up kind of, you know? The other thing, and this is especially helpful for anybody who is insulin resistant or anybody who considers themselves carb sensitive and really, really high impact for women with uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So here's the story. You know how hormones control fat loss, and I talk about that a lot. When we are estrogen dominant, right, either too much estrogen in the body or too little progesterone because it's about a ratio, fat burning gets really hard, all right? And all of these hormones are connected. They're a network. So if estrogen is out of balance, as it is with estrogen dominance, then insulin and cortisol are out of whack. And if insulin and cortisol are out of whack, fat burning gets really, really tough. But cruciferous vegetables, again, those are things like Brussels sprouts, which is why you see them on my plate like every day, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower. These cruciferous vegetables help very, very much with estrogen metabolism, helping the body eliminate excess estrogen, which, guys, this is an issue in both men and women. And when we do that, when we improve our estrogen detoxification, that helps bring insulin and cortisol back into balance and therefore accelerates fat loss. And it goes without saying that when you eat more of these veggies, you feel more full and then you naturally regulate how much you're eating of other stuff like fat and protein. So win, 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 win here. The fourth strategy, the fourth tweak that you can implement, and again, pick one, is to increase your consumption 
of fat. And it might seem strange for me to talk about eating more of something, especially something like fat, when the goal is to burn more fat. So if this one makes you nervous, I hear you, I get it, but fat does not make you fat. And if you're hung up on this, then pick a different one, right? But if you're thinking, oh, maybe I need to do this, but I'm just not so sure and it makes me kind of nervous, I've talked about this in detail in episode 137, the review of the book Always Hungry, as well as 124, which was one of the Fat Loss Basics series episodes that addresses dietary fat. I will link to those episodes, 137 and 124, in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. But some people need to decrease their fat intake, and I'm going to talk about that next. But if you are not getting enough fat, then your body is less willing to burn fat because fat is such a precious resource. It's like, think about it this way. If you can't pay your bills, you're less likely to lend 20 bucks to your friend. But if you can pay your bills no problem, you got plenty of money, then you're probably pretty happy to lend your friend $20. Your body works the same way. Because fat is so important and your body needs fat for your brain health, for every single cell in your body, for the production of all your hormones, just like a person who doesn't have 20 bucks to spare, if you are not eating enough fat, your body is not going to release your fat stores very readily. And again, if you don't believe me, whatever, there are nine other tips you can choose from. Or if you feel like I just need some some more explanation, then check out those episodes that I'm going to link to in the show notes for this page. If you are ready to try dialing up your fat, I want you to focus on clean fats, whole food fats like those from avocado, coconut, extra virgin olive oil, almonds, macadamias, uh, grass-fed butter. I'm not talking about ice cream. I'm not talking about cheddar cheese. I'm talking about avocado, coconut, extra virgin olive oil, almonds, macadamias, grass-fed butter, that sort of thing. Now, just to be contrarian, point number five is maybe you need to decrease your fat. A lot of people go really crazy on the fat because they feel like as long as I'm not eating carbs, then I can eat as much of this fat stuff as possible. And this is just not true. You can't eat as much of anything as you want. Now, granted, some foods are really tough to overeat. Like, could you overeat Brussels sprouts? Sure, but it'd be really hard because you'd probably get full first. What I see in some tracking documents that I look at or when some people share, you know, what they're eating, I see things like bulletproof coffee and bacon with eggs and avocado and then cream cheese and meat roll-ups and then a cheese stick and then a handful of macadamia nuts and then some nut butter, some more cheese, some more avocado. And it's like, whoa, killer, dial it back. The first change I would make if you feel like, yikes, maybe I'm overdoing it on the fat is to reduce the fats from dairy sources like cheese. All right. And primarily, there's just not as much nutritive value. Like if we're comparing the nutrients your body receives when you have a few ounces of cheddar cheese versus a few ounces of almonds or uh, avocado, huge difference, huge difference. Plus, and I'll link to the episodes I've done on dairy, Dairy does create an insulin response, right? So it's kind of a unique fat in that because it came from an animal that naturally produces hormones, 
it creates an insulin response. It's just how our body reacts. So in episodes 25 of the podcast and 128, I've talked about dairy in a lot more detail. But if you're thinking, gosh, how do I dial back the fat? I would start by dialing back the fats that come from dairy sources and that alone will make a difference. Or if you're like, well, I don't eat dairy, but you're doing you know, multiple fats, you're doing bacon and avocado and olive oil and, you know, almond butter at the same meal. Just if, if three fats per meal is your baseline and you think you're overdoing it, then dial it back to two, right? But the first change that I would make is that you dial back the fats coming from dairy sources. All right, the sixth change that you can make, and I sure hope you're looking at this as picking one, I do not want you doing more than one, is to decrease your protein intake, which I know sounds counterintuitive because everybody's like, protein is amazing and we all need so much. We don't need as much as we think we need. And I know I've talked about this very frequently lately. If you think you might be eating too much protein between the meat you eat, the protein shakes, the bars, the dairy, definitely check out episode 123. That is the protein part of the Fat Loss Basics series. I don't want to mislead you. Protein is very, very important. But just because it's healthy and required by the body doesn't mean we can't overdo it. We can. And many people do. I did. I did and I dialed it back and then I realized, oh, it's still too much. Like one adjustment wasn't enough for me. When fat loss is your goal, you don't need seconds on the chicken. You don't need double meat on your burrito bowl and you probably don't need a protein shake. So at the risk of being redundant, the reason that I make this suggestion for some people is that there's no storage form for protein in the body. If you overeat protein, it is going to be converted to glucose, which can raise does raise your blood sugar. And then that glucose can be converted to fat and stored, right? So this, this excess protein at minimum is triggering an insulin response, right? Most of us, and this depends on how frequently we eat, of course, because there's a difference between somebody who eats maybe three meals a day versus somebody who eats five meals a day. Most of us do not need more than a few ounces of protein at each meal max. And I shared in episode 137 that I made some changes again to reduce my own personal protein intake after reading the book Always Hungry by Dr. David Ludwig. And (laughs) here's the thing. I lift weights every single day and I lift heavy weights and I work out really freaking hard, usually six days a week. And when I dialed back protein, my muscles are just fine. They're not going anywhere. In fact, just yesterday, after again reducing my protein intake, I hit a 25 pound PR, personal record, on my front squat, right? So the change that I made is that one of my meals each day is meatless and not just meatless but also eggless so basically one of my meals each day is vegetables and fat non-starchy vegetables without much protein now i say without much protein because brussels sprouts for example have some protein so i'm getting plenty of protein and chances are you are too i'm not saying this is the modification you need to make But I am saying, take a look at your tracking document, and if you are not seeing the results that you want, ask yourself, can I dial back my protein and see how that makes you feel, see how your body responds. The seventh option you have 
for accelerating fat loss is to increase the intensity of your workouts. Now, I'm talking to people who are working out already, even people who are already working out intensely. And this does not, does not, does not mean increase the duration. I'm talking about the intensity, the perceived rate of exertion, not your workout time. In fact, if you are increasing the intensity, you might end up reducing the duration, fitting in more work into a smaller period of time, okay? Now, I've done a number of very detailed episodes on fitness and fat loss, and I will link to those in the show notes if you feel like this is an area that you want to focus on. But when the goal is fat loss, we have to look at fitness as kind of a stimulus response game. The greater the stimulus, the greater the response. So if you're pushing some moderate weight for some moderate reps, not a great stimulus, not a great response. Same thing if you're jogging, right? Kind of blah, not a great stimulus. It's average, not a great response. Now, contrast that with sprinting. You feel that stimulus. It's brutal. That's like maximum stimulus. Great stimulus, great response. Heavy weights, same deal. Interval training, same deal. Go all out. So if you feel like you have your food dialed in and you're working out regularly, can you dial up the intensity of your workouts? And please, if you think, oh, I already push pretty hard, don't write this off. Can you push harder? I shared with you guys on Thursday that I'm doing this five-day mental toughness challenge, and one of the things that they talk a lot about is how oftentimes in a workout, when we quit, like when we not quit the workout, but when we pause for a second to catch our breath, or like, I just need a minute, typically, we could have gone for five more seconds. Typically, we could have pushed out one rep, but our mind quits before our body does. If that is the case, then you can push harder right? You can dial it up a notch, not in terms of duration. I'm talking about intensity, creating a greater stimulus on your muscles to generate a greater response from your body. And again, if you want to know more about the fitness component of fat loss, I will link to a few of those episodes in the show notes for this episode. The eighth modification that you can make is get more sleep. Let's not mince words here. Sleep has a massive impact on fat loss. Massive. Why? Because sleep has a massive impact on insulin, or really, lack of sleep has a really significant impact on insulin. Remember that insulin is the hormone we've got to master if we want to reach our fat loss goals. Moderate sleep deprivation significantly reduces your body's responsiveness to insulin. So what? What does that mean? Well, if your body isn't responding as quickly to insulin, that means that you're taking your body out of fat-burning mode for longer and you're increasing your fat storage for a longer period of time. And I share more about this and the research on this in episode 16, way back when, of the podcast. So I will link to episode 16, all about sleep, in the show notes. So if you feel like you're doing everything right, but you're exhausted and you're not sleeping much or you're not sleeping well, you really need to focus here. Please do not think that fat loss is just about what you eat and how much you move. That's just not true. Fat loss is about your hormones, and sleep has a major impact on your hormone balance. 
lack of sleep will impair fat burning, period, as will stress, which is why modification number nine is related to increasing your relaxation and leisure activities. We're all stressed, right? And most of us are too stressed. And if you fall into this camp of like, I'm doing everything right, my body's not responding, check your stress seriously. Now this can be emotional stress, but it can also be physical stress like injury or illness. Stress obviously has a massive impact on your hormones, just like food does, just like sleep does. So if you are stressed and you are not seeing the results you want despite eating what you think is clean and maybe also working out, maybe you need to dial back the intensity of the workouts and instead focus every single day on some type of restorative activity. Maybe that restorative activity is sleep or leisure walking or yoga, taking a hot bath, having sex, cuddling. All of these have been shown to lower our stress response. Fat burning is impaired when our stress response is in overdrive. So if you need to jumpstart your results and you're under a lot of stress, commit to incorporating one stress relieving activity into every single day. All right, the 10th one that I wanna wrap up with is maybe the most important and probably the most difficult, practice self-discipline. Tell yourself, I don't negotiate with me. This is not like a hostage crisis. I don't negotiate with myself. If I said I was gonna do something, if I said I was gonna work out, if I said I was gonna eat fat loss friendly foods today, this is not a hostage crisis. I don't negotiate with me. When I make a decision, I stick to it. This is a practice every single day. Stop giving up so easily, right? I want you, if this is an area where you feel you need to improve, make a commitment to yourself for every segment of the day and do not break your word. So make a commitment to yourself for the morning. Make one commitment to yourself for the afternoon. Make one commitment for yourself for the evening and do not break your word. This is practice, but it gets easier with repetition and consistency. I am, and I shared this on Thursday, this Tuesday, so if you are listening to this episode near its launch date, and if you're listening to it later, I'm so sorry you missed the boat, but February the 16th, which is a Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I am hosting a totally free motivation masterclass to help you with this practice of self-discipline, consistency, and motivation. It's seven ways seven very, very specific strategies to stop making excuses, get out of your own way, and fast track your results. I want you there. It will not be recorded. It will only be live. And if you feel like part of the reason you are not seeing results and maybe part of the reason you've been struggling with your weight for most of your life has to do with motivation and self-discipline, you got to be there. So if you're in the U.S., you can text the word motivate me, one word, no space, to the number 33444. So again, you're going to text the word motivate me as one word to the number 33444, or you need to grab your spot because this is live only. You can go to the show notes page for this episode. I think it's episode 139. And there will be a very obvious big bright button there to help you register. But honestly, 
Most of us need help with self-discipline, consistency, and motivation. So if you are raising your hand thinking, yeah, I need some work there, then I really hope you will hang out with me live and join me for that. It's going to be pretty great. It's going to be pretty great. All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Um, and you will see here that uh, one of my meals had no protein. And that for me yesterday was the morning, my bulletproof coffee, and I added cinnamon to it. So that's just fat, right? Coffee with MCT oil and butter, and I added some cinnamon. After my workout, I had a huge bowl of bone broth with added chicken in it because the bone broth is just like the, the liquid. So I put some chicken in there and some vegetables in there. Dinner, my plate, and I posted it on Instagram, I think, I had probably like almost two cups of cauliflower rice and another almost two cups of Brussels sprouts with a small pork chop. And on the pork chop was the cinnamon spice rub. I put the recipe for the spice rub up on the blog. Uh, so definitely check that out. And I sauteed my vegetables in extra virgin olive oil. So that's what I ate yesterday. I hope you found this episode helpful. More than that, I hope you will take advantage of the Motivation Masterclass on Tuesday live, 8 p.m. Eastern, February 16th. Seven ways to stop making excuses, get out of your own way, and fast track your results. See you there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.